Wessex LMCs, supporting you and your practice. Welcome to another of Wessex LMC's podcasts. My name is Louise Greenwood and I'm Director of Education and Training here at Wessex LMC's. So today we're following on a little bit. Um, We had a fantastic um, podcast that my colleague Dr Will Howard hosted on international medical graduates, so IMGs, coming to work as GPs in the UK for the first time. Um, And that podcast really focused on what it was like from a practice's point of view. And we had a fascinating conversation with Alex and Sharj. And I'm delighted they're back with me again today. So we've got Dr Alex Morgan, so an expert in international communications. And we've got Dr Shajil Quareshi the GP partner in our Wessex LMC's patch. And today we're just going to take the opportunity to deep, dig a little bit deeper into how it feels from a personal point of view for one of the IMGs and coming into work as a GP um, in England. And I'm delighted that um, Alex is able to have this conversation with Charge, and I'm going to hold over to um, you now, Alex, to take it from here. Thank you. Thank you, Louise. Um, so, Sharj, nice to be with you again. I really enjoyed our conversation that we had um, we had on the last podcast. Uh, I've had an opportunity to to reflect on it, and I wanted to, as Louisa, dig a little deeper with you, if that's okay, um, to really get to um, the the highs and lows of your experience as an IMG, so that. Hopefully, by the end of the podcast, we can then offer new IMGs some advice around how they can best, uh, uh, well, hopefully, enjoy their experience here. You know, and how how to um, how to uh, understand um, and work with the the British culture so that they are, as I said, able to relax and enjoy it. Um, so one of the things that I've been reflecting on, do you remember we had that conversation around, um, I think you were in the market, weren't you? And uh, and the context you, that you were telling the story last time was uh, in the context of politeness and uh, advising people to use those uh, small words like please and thank you uh, to enable a you know a more polite discussion and then from your point of view the the conversations then go a little bit better if they're smoothed over with some small words around politeness that not uh, not all cultures and nationalities use as much as we do um however i have been reflecting on that story and I also wondered, you know, whether, you know, let's be honest with each other now, whether there wasn't some racism in that, you know, that was there really a strong need for the market vendor to be so insistent, you know, that you use the words please and thank you? Would they honestly have behaved like that with, uh, you know, a young white man that seemed to be local? For example, um, I might be reading too much into it, but I wondered if we could have your reflections. Yeah, no. So, um, I, and I'm absolutely delighted to be here today as well. Um, and I, I, I think I, I kind of understand what you are saying. And to be honest, at that time when this was said, 
Um, I kind of sensed it uh, that this was a bit too much. It wasn't needed, but I kind of it was like a selective form for me that I didn't want to read it, read too much into it. Um, and in a way, I kind of learned something out of it, although it wasn't the best way to learn it. It could have been done better, but I learned it. I learned three words, which later on helped me out um, and helped me in a lot of situations. And it made, I think it made my conversation a bit better, a bit more polite, um, more relevant to the culture as well. So I would probably... Although I could sense it, I just selectively ignored it. And I think if there are IMGs, if they feel that something has been said, there are two ways of, of kind of either confronting it or ignoring it, learning from it and making themselves a bit better. But obviously there are two different approaches which, which people have got options and choices they can make their choices but yeah i completely agree and i felt it at that time um but i just ignored it and i learned something from from that yeah i i think well i think you know we all learn from difficult communication situations don't we there's lots of situations where we just think oh ouch that was yeah that was a bit unnecessary or that was a bit harsh but it strikes me that um, you know, we we can't ignore the fact that racism exists in our society, um, and and I wondered, you know, listening to your story, yeah, what your coping strategies were. So in this instance, your coping strategy was actually to ignore it and focus on the your own personal learning from that. But sometimes it's tough, isn't it? We can't just ignore it or if it's repeated and it and it and it eats away at us and it brings our energies down it's kind of tough to to live with that so do you have any advice uh for imgs about you know maybe who they can talk to or how they can uh, release some of that that stress and understand it better yeah i guess um there are two things which kind of uh, quite prominent for me in, in kind of similar situation. Um, one thing is I was, I'm just going to touch base on another scenario where uh, I was working as a GP trainee and uh, a patient came in and they saw my name and they kind of, they worked in an area where they had similar uh, people with similar surnames and he just refused to see me. Um, and the receptionist came and talked to me and said, okay, what do you want to do? Do you want to see the patient or not? I thought about it, reflected on it. I just said, yes, I want to see the patient because I just wanted to break that, that concept or that, that thought that person with this surname is always going to be a bad person or person you cannot agree with. The patient came and saw me and they always came back and see me after that. Mm. So this was just one part of that, that what action I took. Second bit is there is help and support available. So, but I knew that if I was in trouble, I can speak to my educated supervisor or the clinical supervisor in my GP surgery, um, which they are always available. 
so you can always talk to them as a, as an IMG. Similarly, you can talk to um, your uh, people at and your deanery. So there, there's a lot of support available. Um, and if it does affect you in any way, um, you can have some support from the GP as well. So sometimes we do not realize that how important the GP is for us, even when we are GP trainees. Uh, so these are the bits I would probably highlight uh, for people who are coming over to the UK. Yeah, thank you. I think it's really important that people know actually that there's a lot of support um, and lots of different types of support because uh, we relate to different people in different ways and you know we might go to different people for different issues, mightn't we? So it's nice to hear that there's a really kind of holistic network of support for you. Um, in our previous podcast, we were also talking about cultural differences and noticing things that seem culturally difficult and wondering about them. And, and I wondered if you could um, give us a, a couple more examples around that. Um, I know that when we've talked in the past, you, you know, we've chatted about um, about how people are physically with each other, and we've also chatted about um, how how the patient doctor relationship feels different in different countries. Can you elaborate a little bit? Yeah, no, it is. Uh, thank you. It's it is quite interesting because uh, where I came from. Um, obviously, as friends, you'll hold hands of your friends. You'll even kind of, uh, you know, have arm around your uh, friend's shoulder and you will just walk for miles and miles. When I came to the UK, um, one of my friends said, OK, so just be careful. I know that back home we were we used to do that, but please do not do it here <laughs> because some people might think that you are in relationship with that person. And to, to start with, I just did not get that. <laughs> but slowly and gradually, it kind of gave me examples and stuff like that. And then I realized, okay, so uh, uh, if I'm, yeah, so if, I, if I'm doing this, obviously that will give the impression that I'm in relationship with that person. Uh, so then it was a bit difficult to start with, to get, you know, um, tone down that habit, but then it happened with time. Um, and uh, I mean, it's, it's, it all depends on what impression you want to you want to give. If you, if mm. you are in relationship, that's fine. If if you are not, and if you don't want to give that impression, then yeah, <laughs> mm. you can easily avoid that. It strikes me that these differences are also generational, aren't they? Because I know with my daughter's generation that they would be much more relaxed about that sort of thing and probably more in tune with with what you were saying. Um, but yeah, but the whole concept of physicality, physical touch is different, isn't it, between different cultures and different nationalities. And, you know, that in and of itself is is a little bit of a minefield, isn't it? Um, and tell us about your, was it your experience or an experience of a friend uh, or somebody that you know about, about the doctor-patient relationship? And I think somebody, somebody was late, wasn't there? Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so uh, I think it's more of a, again, a cultural thing that um, one of my friends, um, one of my colleagues, actually, so um, he, so whenever we had the meeting, he used to come to those meetings right on time. So he would come over, get, get involved in the conversation. 
But whenever he would start the clinic for patients, he would always be late. He would start late and he would not strive to make it any quicker. <laughs> so later on, so I think he was a bit, he was confronted that why are you starting clinic late? And obviously patients are waiting for such a long time. And then later on, we figured out that that was the way patients, so the perception is the patients liked the doctor who was a bit late because they thought that the doctor is more important. So they can be late. And if you are waiting for some time, then he must be busy. He must be, you know, very important. Uh, but then, um, uh, yeah. So, so that was the kind of thing which, which I, uh, which I experienced. So we discussed with them and then we kind of laughed over it, but that is quite common thing to happen <laughs> in, yeah. in certain countries. Yeah. I, I remember when I did my research into, so my research was looking at both sort of language and cultural differences um, in international teams. And one of the elements of, uh, of intercultural difference is the attitude to hierarchy so some countries um, i mean japan is a good example you know that they hold certain professions like doctors teachers in very high esteem and and so the the tolerance of maybe behaviors like lateness for example would be much higher um whereas in the british culture we tend to have uh, a very egalitarian approach to other people and their professions. And and uh, whilst we fully respect doctors um, and teachers and people that have done a great deal of study and research to get where they are, uh, we don't have a high tolerance for uh, for them to behave differently to us because we think that, you know, they should be just the same. Um, and so we prefer relationships to be on this equal level rather than you're important and I'm less important. Um, and uh, and those that kind of underlying belief, if you like, that attitude to whether somebody should be more important or not important then does then relate, as I was just saying, to then people's behaviours, how people behave with each other. Um, and so... It is quite important, isn't it, that when you're moving to a different country or moving to a different culture, that you you do appreciate those kind of those unsaid differences, the differences that uh, aren't obvious. They kind of lie underneath the surface, so that you you then understand why you might be frustrating somebody else, or or why somebody else might not be responding well to you. Yeah, and similar. One of the uh, one of the things which I would like to mention here is how, like you mentioned about the culture difference and how the management changes when we are kind of let's say as a doctor, but when we are writing the prescription or when we are discussing the management. In some countries or in some areas, literally, patients say, "Okay, doctor, you tell me what you want me to do. What is the medication?" And we say, okay, management is you take this medication, you go out for a walk, exercise, and you'll start to feel better. That's it. But here, when I was getting trained or I was, in, I was a GP trainee, changing or the shifting from that management to the shared management plan mm. 
it did take a bit of um, work up. <laughs> then kind of giving them the options, what are the options we, we have we've got available, what is available under NHS, what they can get privately, and then going with the patient's choice and appropriate choice, that's an art. Mm-hmm. Then you learn that with time. So there are differences and the quicker you understand it, is the, the better because the, the management becomes a lot better. The patients are more satisfied and yeah. <laughs> so it's not just I've given you medication, you go and take it. <laughs> I, I think that's really good advice. And, you know, that is the quirk, if you like, I think, of the British culture, isn't it? That's, uh, uh, we don't necessarily do as we're told. <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah, I think that that's really good advice. Um, and it, yeah, and we do expect um, relationships like with our doctor, but I think we could look at other professional relationships. We expect them to be collaborative, and there's you know the shared plan that you're talking about is a good example of that. Um, really good advice, thank you. Can we turn now to more perhaps more kind of practical and social things? Um, I know that you know as I've I've picked up as I've been talking to um, to you and others that sometimes for IMGs uh, they can they they can get uh, quite isolated. They might feel lonely. Uh, so, do you have any advice for them and how to how to integrate, how to create a social uh, a social life, how to just as we started the podcast, how to enjoy. Uh, enjoy their new life. Yeah, no, I, I think this is one of the most important things that any person who is coming to the UK has to do. And that is there are three folds. One is how to integrate the people outside work. Then how to integrate the people at work and how to integrate with yourself. How mm. to identify yourself. That is going to be the most important thing they are going to do. So when they are outside work, then knowing who to see, who to talk to, basically finding community you can spend time with, that is the most vital thing, the most important thing. And that keeps your mental well-being going and you are a bit more resilient. Then at work, if you're talking to people, informing them in advance what you need to do what you need, what your basically what your needs are as a professional, as a person, then people try to help you out. <clears throat> if you don't say anything, then other person wouldn't know. And there is no way of finding out. So the most important thing is talk, communicate, and try to kind of, uh, you know, integrate with people as much as possible. And the final bit, which I find most important is that knowing yourself knowing your capabilities, knowing your boundaries. So if as a person, if you're feeling that you're feeling low in yourself, then talk to someone, professional, GP. And that that can be really, really important in kind of propagating and enjoying your time. If the training goes, uh, it starts and then finishes. But if you're enjoying your time, you remember it well. So, yeah, so I think finding a place where you can just sit back, relax, or if you like um, activities, doing those activities during your training 
can be very, very important. Mm. And and you mentioned activities, and I know, um, you know, when I've given advice to uh, to my daughters, for example, when they've gone to uh, live abroad or uh, live in a different city, that um, you know, that I say, well, join things, you know, join a club, join an activity, play badminton, or you know, play. Um, or fi- find a, a a book group, a reading group, or whatever it might be. It, it's uh, it, it the best way to integrate into an, a a new place. I think is to join in. What what do you think? Absolutely, and it has got obviously multiple benefits. So obviously health benefits, but social benefits. I think mental well being is the the thing which is affected the most. So that's why people kind of feel homesick. They want to go back. But if you've got some activities to do, uh, if you can join a club, if you can go and meet people, it just tones down the effect a little bit. Mm. And it can be quite useful. And you get to know all about what's happening around you, and then you can plan accordingly. So if you ask one person about how to take a bus, if there are five people sitting there, they will give you five different answers. And then you can pick how to take the bus. (laughs) (laughs) But if you only talk to yourself, then you only know one option, and that is what you can think of. Mm. Oh, I think that's that's a, a really good piece of advice uh, for us to end on. And I, I wondered if you wouldn't mind just giving a really quick summary of, of the top tips that we've talked about. Yeah, no, I think from what I can uh, gather or what my top tips are, being polite, so learn the words which are polite and say them politely. It takes you through most of the stuff. And talk to people as as much as possible. The more you talk, the more options you get, the more people know you. If they know you more, they tend to talk to you more and you'll get less lonely. Um, I think finding friend, finding community is really important. So the first thing we need to do as IMG is to kind of figure out who we can talk to. It can be our fr- anyone locally or it can be your clinical supervisor to start with. It can be someone in the local community who you can connect with. That is quite important. And there will be difficult times. There will be easy times. But things, so there is light at the end of the tunnel. So there is going to be a positive impact. As long as you keep going, be resilient, get through through to the end, and it is good. I didn't even realize during my training how much I will enjoy being a GP. It only started when I became a GP, and I started kind of really, really enjoying my time. So don't take the training as the goalpost. It is just a landmark and it changes when you become a GP. And I think knowing people around you makes a difference. So if you know them, then you can share your culture as well. And it's just easier. I think these are my top tips. <laughs> yeah, lovely summary. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time and and your very wise words. And I'm sure a lot of people will, will appreciate it. So thanks, George. Thank you. Thanks for uh, covering uh, all the areas and it's amazing. (laughs) 
What a fascinating conversation. Thank you both so much. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Sharj. And it's all about not making assumptions and keeping communication going, isn't it? And I just think that, and there's lots of support, as you mentioned, um, Sharj. There's um, supervisors, deanery, GP support, your practice support. But there's also here at the Essex LMCs, we're very happy to have anything you want help with, very happy to um, receive your email and we can pass it on to the most appropriate person. So please don't feel isolated and alone. And uh, I love the fact that we're focusing on how to enjoy yourself best um, in this in this world and this um, job that you're doing so that's absolutely fantastic thank you very much once again for listening thank you everybody i hope this has been very useful for you we'll put links um as we talked um on our um, podcast page on the website if you want to have a look at that otherwise thank you very much for listening thank you again to charge and to alex and we'll be with back with you very soon thank you very much bye-bye wessex lmc's supporting you and your practice